dice out now. Game. Game. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Checha. I'll be your DM for the night. And the players with me tonight are Jan. Hello! And Cora. Hi! Now, as you may know, this is an actual play 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. That said, we're still not starting the campaign on this episode. We can't just throw a bunch of people together and expect them to get things done. So, what we're doing instead is sort of prequel episodes where the characters will meet each other. We have two more characters to meet today, so, Jan, why don't you start? Who are you? Who are you playing? Hello, I play a half-elf sorcerer named Darren Leolan. He is a handsome-looking boy. He is, has the average half-elf, slim-built, medium height. He has red hair, because, as you might know, every character I play in any game always has red hair, because it's beautiful. He has green eyes, but... His eye color actually changes with the elemental magic that he's going to do. If he's going to do any elemental magic. I mean, level one, you don't have many spells yet, so... But uh, who knows? Maybe in the future he'll just have rainbow eyes. That's him. Handsome, red-headed, half-elf sorcerer boy. Youngish. Yeah, you said like 24, which in half-elf years is like 20. That sounds right. Yeah, okay. Cora, who are you? Who are you playing? I'm Cora. I live in London. I'm 9,001 years old. <laughs> and I'm playing... Dekla Pekarova, who is a half-orc and is a monk. So I'm going to be busting out some excellent martial arts and hopefully protecting the squishy peoples. <laughs> she is quite old for a half-orc. She's like middle-aged. Yeah, uh, and even then she's kind of gone grey early, so she has salt and pepper hair, which is tied back in a short ponytail. She has green-grey skin. She's quite tall at six foot two. And she has a scar on her lip and tattoos on her hands. One depicts a diagram of the body and the other depicts a symbol of the sun. She wears uh, kind of brown plain robes and walks with a staff that she carved herself. Awesome. So that's who we're playing with today. Why don't we just go into it? Shall we? Yay. Yay. Okay, we start with Darren. It's a nice late spring morning in Visilena, where you have lived all your life. It's one of those rare days where you can actually see the sun. Usually it's all clouded and foggy. You take that as a good sign, because today is the day you decided to leave. You realize you will never get any answers if you stay in town, so you might as well look elsewhere. Before you go, you decide you should probably go say goodbye to your best friend, Lara. She's currently working as an apprentice with a tailor of X. So yeah, you go visit her, she's in the shop. She's a human, she's a bit shorter than you, um, she's got long brown hair, currently tied into a braid. Right now there's nobody in the shop, so she, she's got time to pay attention to you. Hey, hey Lara, today's the day. What day? Oh, you mean the day? The day, you know, I've talked about it. Oh my god, I can't believe you're already going! And she gives you a hug. I didn't expect it to be this soon, but... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, it just felt right, you know. I, I can't, I can't just push it back day after day. Yeah, I, I know. I understand. Hey, um, you know how I'm working with Vex now, the tailor. 
Yeah. I made you something. Really? Yeah, wait here. And she runs to the back and uh, she comes back and she's holding a vest. It's a nice black vest. It's got sort of purple colored accents. Oh my god, you made this for me? Yeah, I made it for you. Come on, try it on. Let me see if it fits. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I tried on. Yeah, it, it's a perfect fit. This this is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, hey, you know, because you said you might be going and, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss you. Hey, I mean, this isn't a goodbye for forever. I mean, I'll be back. I promise. I know, I know. But even if it's for a while, you know, it's still... I, I really appreciate this. The streets are going to be empty without you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this place, this city... It hasn't always treated me right, but it's still gonna be hard to leave behind. Hey, um, if on the way you happen to run into my parents, huh, why don't you tell them to write me? <laughs> I will, I will, Era. And from the back room you hear, is that, is that your friend? Is that Darren? And uh, the tailor Vax, who's a purple tiefling, comes out of the back room, got measuring tape around his shoulders and just like, Darren, boy, are you leaving? Yes, yes, Vax, I... It's time for me. Oh, well, I do hope you find fortune out in the world. It's a terrible world out there. But you got it in you, boy, I believe in you. It can't be all bad, right? I mean, there's there's gotta be places in the world that aren't as rotten as this city, right? There's gotta be places where people live a better life, a fair life. Of course. Of course, of course. I just hope I, I find something, anything about my parents. <sighs> I wish you all the best, and he hugs you as well. Thank you, Vex. I, I hug him back. And if you see that scoundrel Kasni, give him a smack on the cheek from me and tell him to write me. Of course, of course, I will. Alright, so uh, you say your goodbyes, you give everyone hugs, and you leave the shop. Some tears may flow. They may. You leave the tailor shop, you walk towards the southern city gate. You already bought everything you needed for the road, so unless there's something else you want to do before you leave... Uh, probably... As I'm walking down the street, every familiar face I see, I will just give a solemn nod and then be on my way. You get a few nods back. They mostly stick to their own business. As you near the city gate, you pass a cart waiting in line at the exit. The cart driver, who's an old gray-haired dwarf, he yells after you. Later, boy, you heading out? Uh, yep. How about you? I'm heading south to Vinovari. I got to deliver these barrels. You're welcome to come along if you wish. What are you doing in Vinovar? What are those parents for? Uh, my boss got invited to this wedding, but can't make it for business reasons, so I'm delivering these barrels uh, as an apology gift. See, I I'm not sure yet where the world is going to take me, where the roads are going to take me. I don't have any direction, so I'd be happy to come along. Yeah, exactly. Come on, hop on the cart. And he uh, moves a bit to the side on the driver's bench. And My name's Herman. What's your name? Herman, nice to meet you. My name is Darren. Darren, huh? That's an odd name. I can't say I've met many Darrens. I don't know where it's from, to be quite honest. Do you happen to have any clue where that name might have originated? Because no one knows. I don't know. I've been all over the territories. It sounds a bit northern to me, though. Northern, huh. That's... I'll keep that in mind. Okay. You join the cart driver on the cart, and you roll up to a toll booth at the gate. The worker there is a human woman with shortish blondish hair. She says, hello, where are you heading? Do you have anything to declare? And Herman just says, oh, you know, just following the sparrows. And the toll worker says, well, then I wish you a wonderful journey. And you pass through, and you're on your way south. Say, Herman, what's in all these barrels you have here? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know, boy? <laughs> oh, I guess I can tell you. Uh, my boss is the director of the uh, Holderberg uh, distillery. They're making gin up there. 
And you see how Darren's eyes just pop and suddenly get huge. They double in size. Oh, that's, uh, are you, are you making good gin? The best in the lands. The best in the lands, you say? That's, uh, very interesting. Don't get any ideas. This is for the wedding. Uh, don't you think I can just, just try a little nope. bit? Just a little bit. Nope. How long are we gonna be on the road? Well, the journey's supposed to take about six days. But hey, if you're really thirsty for that, here you go. And he pulls out the flask from his coat and hands it to you. Darren takes a long pull from the flask. Uh, how is it? How is the gin? It's good. Hermann, this gin is fantastic. Ah, oh, thank you. I'll pass the compliments along to the distillery. Do I have any money, actually? Probably not, right? I mean, he might have some change, you know? A few coppers, maybe a silver. It's still a lot, because, you know, may I remind you that a gold coin can buy you a whole goat. <laughs> is, is is that real? Yeah, that's what it says in the PHB. Oh, that's good to know. I ask uh, Hermann, uh, how much is one of those barrels? <laughs> and he looks you up and down and says, I think it's out of your budget. <laughs> okay. Dekla. It's a clear day today, which doesn't happen often here. You've been roughing it outside for a few days, and it's always been foggy. You've come here with a hunting party, but they've returned to the city now, and you tend to avoid them. So, you slept in a forest a few kilometers outside the city? You wake up, you put away your bedroll, you put out the campfire, and you go back to the road, going south. But as you're starting to walk, your ankle kind of hurts. It's that weird sort of cyclic pain, it's not like you can't walk. You can, but it's very annoying. You continue down the road for a bit, and behind you, you hear a cart and some loud conversation. I'm probably used to this kind of thing happening every now and again, so I'll uh, head towards the road, see if I can make it a little easier, on my ankle at least. Maybe hitchhike. You, you basically hitchhike, stand at the edge of the road with your thumb up, or... <laughs> yeah, hopefully they um, are feeling charitable towards an old orc. So the cart drives by, stops by you, and like, the old great-haired dwarf who's driving the cart, he says, Ahoy there, miss. We're going south to Vinovar. You wish to join us? I do. Well, hop on then. And he uh, motions to uh, the bench next to him. On the other side of him, you see sitting a young ginger half-elf. He's wearing a very snazzy vest. The cart is transporting several barrels. You can either sit on the bench next to the driver, or you can sit in the back of the cart. Uh, it looks like it's made for eight barrels, but there are currently only four on it. I think I'd probably climb up into the back, give myself a bit of a, a rest. Yeah, he uh, follows you to see what you're doing, Like, and once he sees you're up there, he starts the cart again, and you keep going. So, what's your name? He asks you. Uh, I'm Herman, this is Darren. Nice to meet you. Hi. I'm Dekla. Nice to meet you too. Why are you guys traveling? I'm doing a delivery run, I'm supposed to deliver this barrels to a wedding. I don't really have a destination. I'm just taking along and I'll see where the roads take me. I know the feeling. But normally I'd stick to the wilds. Don't like roads too much. Don't like people too much. Oh, so you're not from the city? Uh, no. Where are you from? Well, depends. I've been wondering for a long time. You could say I'm from the mountains? This is actually the first time I stepped foot out of Visilena. Just, uh... Just recently? Or have you been traveling for a week, a month? No, I, I've, I've just hopped on this cart, and that's where I am now. I, I haven't been on the road for long. Well, I'm sure you'll find lots of interesting places. Certainly, the world is a beautiful place. Okay, so 
you keep driving for like an hour, maybe two. The road is wide enough for two carts to meet. On the left side of the road there's the forest, on the right side there are fields and meadows. There's a slow descent to the road, you only really notice it after a few kilometers. Herman is very chatty, he asks you questions, he tells you road stories. Anything you can think of, he will be talking about it, keeping you entertained. Cora, why don't you roll me a d20? That is a five. (laughs) Okay, already, okay. (laughs) My bad luck is carrying over. You're making your way down the road and then at a certain point you start hearing stomping through the woods. And um, it's coming closer. And a bit in front of your cart, a bear runs out of the woods. Whoa. Yeah. How does Thurman fare with the cart? Well, he pulls the reins, he stops the horses, he yells, Whoa! And the horses stop abruptly. Like, the the force of the stop carries you forward a little bit from your seat. But yeah, the bear is coming right towards you. He's a few meters away. What are you gonna do? Darren freaks out. He's like, Whoa, what is that? It's a bear. Stand back. And she jumped down. (laughs) That's what a bear looks like? I've only seen, like, bear heads, but I thought they would be smaller. I've eaten bears too, but I've never seen a full-size... Well, the bear is right upon you. Ah! (laughs) All of a sudden, an arrow comes flying after the bear, and it flies right above Herman's head. Oh my god! And the bear actually swerves a bit around you. He's clearly not here to attack you. He's swarming around you, and you can see there's already arrows embedded into his back, and he's running past you. And you see out of the woods behind it, a group of hunters running, and they're yelling, Do something! Don't let him get away! They stop to aim another arrow at the bear and... Stop shooting! You almost hit us! Okay, at this point I think we should roll initiative. I don't really know what you're gonna do. Obviously you don't have to fight the bear or anything, but like, just to sort of see where where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm on an initiative 13. I got a 19. Okay, so... One of the hunters, a half-elf woman, the one that yelled at you, she's aiming the bow already and she shoots and the arrow misses again. This time it barely misses one of the barrels. And she's like, come on, it's gonna get away. The other hunter who's up behind her also aims and shoots. Uh, It hits the bear, who's uh, still running away. And it kind of swerves a bit to the side and loses its footing a bit, but it picks itself up and continues running. Darren, it's your turn. What do you do? Okay, I'm gonna cast Firebolt at the bear. Okay, uh, I'm not sure what you roll for that, but... uh... Just a spell. uh... Oh, that's a good roll. That's a 22 against... I mean, 22 hits. I do 1d10 fire damage. Alright, it takes 8 fire damage. Ooh, yeah. You send a fireball and it hits it uh, smack on the butt and it singes like a large part of its uh, back area and it sort of roars and kind of topples and it's having a hard time running, but it keeps running. This animal is terrified. Okay, so Dekla, you're next. Okay, I'll hop down off the cart. He's already run past you. He's like three meters away from the carriage now, which uh, in the indie terms that's two squares, which is like ten feet, if that makes a difference. I will probably join Darren in fighting the bear. I think I'll try to, like, I'll stand on the side that is closer to the fields, so that if it tries to run away, it would have to go, like, into the woods. And I'll I'll just smack it with my staff, because that's what I do. <laughs> okay, uh, roll. Okay, that is a 14. 14 hits. Okay, shall I do the unarmed attack as well? If you want to. Yep, yeah, I'm going to whack it in the nose. Bad! 
boop it in the snoot. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna boop it in the snoot. Like you do with a bad dog, you know? Like, bad, massive man-eating bear. Bad. That is a 16. 16 also hits. So that's... Five bludgeoning from the staff. Four bludgeoning from a big old punch to the nose. Okay, so you smack it with your quarterstaff. It kind of swerves to the side, kind of loses its footing, sitting up, and then you boop it in the snoot and it just falls over and lays there. Congratulations, you've just disposed of the bear. As soon as I see that the bear is dead, Darren, he jumps up from the cart and he shouts towards the hunters, What are you doing? What am I doing? What are you doing? You know how much we could have gotten for that skin, but now you burned it. Like, what the fuck was that? You almost killed us. And she, she smacks you upside the head. Oh, hell no. She just grunts frustrated and she walks towards the bear. Oh, but I cast press digitation and... You can't put hairs back on the bear. No, 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 no. Okay. I want to make it seem like pimples appear on the hunter's face. Because screw her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stand defensively in front of the bear. I'll glare at this half-elf. Yeah, this now pimply half-elf just, just like, can you please move? I'm not in the mood right now. Neither am I. Come on, I just lost half my profit because that dumbass burned the bear. Well, you led this damn thing onto the road and almost into traffic. That's extremely irresponsible. What traffic? <laughs> Come on. You're the only ones on the road. That, that does not count as traffic. Sure it does. Without me, you probably would have lost that bear. Then you would have nothing. Yeah, and then there would be an injured bear running around. And that would be your fault. I would have hit it next. I could have killed it on my own. You were missing like half of the shots you were firing. Yeah, because I was in a hurry. You were screaming at us not to let it go away. Well, I mean, help is always appreciated. And her hunting partner, who's a human woman, she looks a bit older than her. She walks up to her and she's just, just calm down, calm down, it's gonna be fine. She's like, don't tell me it's gonna be fine. Half, half our profit is already gone and now they're not gonna let us get the rest? The other woman's like, come on, there's more bears in the woods. Come on, it's not worth it. And the first woman just, oh, just raises her hands and just walks off. And kind of muttering under her breath like a bunch of idiots. And like, always have to be nice. Why do you always have to be nice? Don't be mean to people. Don't yell at people. But what did they cost you? Half your profits. And stuff like that. And the other woman says, yeah, I'm sorry about this. She's a bit hot-headed. I would, however, ask you if we could now get this bear. You know, seeing as this is the sole reason why we came here. Why did you lead it onto the road? Uh, it was not intentional. We were supposed to lead it into a trap, but it uh, made a sharp turn somewhere we weren't expecting, and it came onto the road. Do I believe her? Roll me insight. Twelve. Yeah, she seems honest enough. She seems tired enough not to lie. Yeah, I stand aside and just kind of shake my head, because they are clearly not very good at what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Lady, I don't know much about hunting, but maybe the next time you do it, don't shoot at your game while civilians are nearby? Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea, she yells after uh, her hunting partner, who just grunts again and raises up her arms, and she's walking up the road, and she's like, thank you for this, and she, she goes back after her hunting partner, and uh, she's calling after her, and... Uh, what is Yaman doing all this time? He's just looking after the horses, who are kind of terrified, but you, you see he was getting ready to do something, like, you saw him getting ready, but uh, he didn't get the chance to do anything, so... Dekla, I gotta say, you know how to use that staff of yours. Well, 
It's useful in a lot of situations, I'll tell you that much. Made it myself. Really? That's impressive. It's pretty crude. I don't know how to do stuff like that. I'm not good with my hands. No. I mean, you're good at whatever that fire thing was. I... I'm surprised that you're not freaked out. I'm good at remaining calm. You know, I... I can't always control it. People are terrified of me whenever they see me do magic. Really? I could always do it, but I don't know how or why. I just do, you know? Have I heard of anything like that? Oh, roll me history. Excellent. I rolled a 19. Minus 1 is 18. Like, I don't know if you've seen it personally, but it's not the first time you hear about it. I've heard of people doing that kind of thing before. Really? You know, I've heard of magic, of course. I, I know that other people can do what I can do, but usually those are smart people living in their ivory towers reading books all day, you know? I, I'm not like that. Pickle, you actually think there might have been an old man in your village that could do this? One of the elders in my village could do this kind of thing. It's not a common thing, but it certainly is around. Well, I'm glad that I'm not alone. I would love to find out more about my abilities. That's one of the reasons why I went on the road, why, why I just had to get out of that city, you know? I feel like there's so much out there, so much that I don't know, that I don't understand, and I want to understand. It is good to strive to learn. Okay, cool. Climb back on the cart, and Herman starts driving again. Uh, you continue down the road. Herman keeps up the conversation. He's just talking and talking, and most of the time it's actually interesting, you know? Sometimes he's asking you about your life, like, uh, what have you been up to, where have you been, where are you from, and stuff like that. And if conversation happens to run out, he will start singing, and it's not actually that bad. He, he has a pretty okay voice. Can you do that for us? Can you give us an example of how well he sings? Um, I, I don't think I can sing low enough. I, I believe in you. <laughs> Go ahead. See, and at the last bit, it gets too low. Anyways. <clears throat> I'm probably giving like a lot of really, really short one-word answers to any questions this uh, Erman asks. Mm -hmm. Okay, um... Okay, Jan, can you roll me a d20? 18. Man, I'm rolling really well today. Haha, <laughs> 18. You've been on the road for a few hours. It's, um... It's getting to the afternoon, and you see among the fields, there's a road leading down, and in the distance you see a small lake, and, uh... You actually see there's a bunch of people there, and there's a tavern of sorts, and there seem to be people uh, swimming in the lake. What is this? Some kind of small city? And Herman looks there. Oh no, that's just a small beach. Ah. Yeah, people from villages around here come here to swim in the summer. I've never seen a body of water that large before. And he looks at you. You haven't? Oh right, you said you've never been outside of town. I am a very sheltered person. Well, I guess there's a river running through the city, but, eh, well, that doesn't compare to an entire lake, does it? No. Do you want to go check it out? You know, I would love to. Right. We're gonna need to stay somewhere for the night anyway, so might as well be here. And he, uh, turns the cart. It's a two-horse cart. He, uh, turns them down the road that leads to the small lake. And, you know, it's quite a distance away. It's like 30 minutes away. In real life, that would be like a few minutes with a car, but since you're on a cart, you know, it takes a bit longer. But yeah, you reach there and uh, 
There's a small tavern there, and there are people uh, lying around on blankets, you know, uh, catching the sun a bit. What's the tavern called? What street is the tavern on? <laughs> what is the name of the innkeeper? <laughs> uh, it's on Chestnut Street. <laughs> yeah, the tavern is called the Chestnut. It's located under a chestnut tree. I mean, there's a chestnut tree right next to it. The innkeeper's name is Loise. What's his husband's name? Uh, his husband's name is Jorge. What's their son's name? <laughs> they don't have a son. They have a daughter. What's the daughter's boyfriend's name? <laughs> daughter's boyfriend's name. Uh, she's a lesbian. Oh, okay. <laughs> that clears up all of my questions. <laughs> Sorry, we're done picking on the DM then. Okay, so you roll up to the chestnut tavern. You park the car under the chestnut tree, which gives it nice shade, which means the horses won't <laughs> get overheated while they're parked. And yeah, there's like a little water through there for the horses and Herman ties them. And yeah, you spend the rest of the day there because Herman doesn't really want to continue on from this point because, you know, it's going to be night soon. And I mean, it's not that close to night yet. It's like between four and five in the afternoon. So, you know, you still got a few hours left of the day. What's the weather like? Sunny. A few clouds here and there, but mostly sunny. Since I don't have any money, I would then probably sleep outside. Herman walks up to you, both of you. Hey, I got us rooms, so, uh... That's... that's so kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, well, don't mention it. Gotta look after my travel buddies. Well, I really appreciate it. It's... it's no problem. Well, uh, if you need me, I'll be... I'll be inside, uh... I would like to pay you back. I don't want to accept your charity for... for nothing. Well, you know, we can talk about it once we finish the journey. Okay. I would like to go up to the uh, innkeep. Hello. Well, hi. What's your name? Loise, they call me Lou. Lou, I have a question for you. Go right ahead. Do you get many magic users around these parts? Um, not, not that I know of. Not many, no. I mean, if you're interested in magic, there's uh, colleges for that, you know. I was actually meaning to make you an offer. Which is? If I can put on a little show, do some parlor tricks, would you maybe consider giving me and my friend here a hot meal and something to drink for the night? Roll me persuasion. I will happily do that. Because my persuasion is really high. That's a 19 total. Yeah, yeah, I'd be amenable to that. Well, Lou, that's mighty kind of you. And for the next hour or so, I will shoot small flames from my hands and light pieces of wood on fire and do dumb stuff like that. There's a lot of teenagers here. They're unimpressed. <laughs> There's a few smaller kids, and they're super impressed. There's some older folks. They're also super impressed. Hell yeah. But, you know, teenagers, you just can't convince them. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing with my evening. I'll ask for a pitcher of hot water and make some tea with my own special blend and watch the evening's entertainment. After the show, uh, Herman actually walks up to you and says, Hey, boy, that was an impressive display there. Ah, thank you. Sometimes it freaks people out, but sometimes I can make a little bit of money with it. It's basically how I survived on the streets. That's uh, good to know, but uh, listen, you might not want to flaunt this too much, okay? You don't really want to get attention from the wrong kind of people. What do you mean? No, don't. It's not important. Just... I mean... You know, don't... I got into trouble a lot on the streets back... Hey, Lou, uh, my good friend, why don't you bring uh, this good boy another uh, glass of wine? What kind do you like? Uh, I like all wines. Then bring him your cheapest wine. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's how the rest of the night goes. 
Okay, yeah, in the morning you wake up, Herman actually comes to your rooms, knocks on your door to wake you up, because, you know, rise and shine, the road is fresh, we gotta go. I'm probably already awake. Yeah, most likely, but, you know, even if you weren't, that's what he does. Yeah, you climb back onto the cart and you continue back to the road and on your way. It's a bright sunny morning, a few clouds here and there, otherwise it's clear. Herman is still in his good mood, telling you more stories, asking you about your life, and, you know, if nothing else, he starts singing again. Jan, yes. can you please roll me a d20? Of course. Holy shit, another 19. <laughs> As you're riding along the road, you know, listening to him sing, in the distance there's a large field of small brown cows. In the middle of those small brown cows, you see one large white cow with black patches. That cow looks cool. Oh yeah, that's old Nickers there. He's kind of famous around these parts. A named cow. Yeah, he's been famous. Certainly one of the biggest cows I've ever seen. Maybe the biggest. Yeah, he won a few awards uh, in the last year or so. Everybody loves him. He's a big cow. Some people come here just to uh, have sketches made with him. (laughs) Okay, so uh, outside of the game, that was a reference to a meme that was popular like a few days ago. Oh, the big cow meme. (laughs) I I did not get that. (laughs) But now I do. (laughs) Okay. No, I got it. I got it. I guess the description wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be. No, now it's it's funny now that I know what you were talking about. (laughs) I was wondering what you were getting at, but now I get it. (laughs) Yeah, so um, that happens. You have now seen Knickers and, you know, you are uh, an experienced richer for it. There is a blue bird on a nearby tree. And I say to the bird, hey, spread the word that there is a large cow here. And the bird sort of looks at you to the side and sort of tweet, <laughs> tweet, and flies off and tweet, 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 tweet. What fun. Okay, so, you know, you continue driving along the road. There's more fields, more forest. At around noon, you stop at the side of the road, you have a quick lunch break, and then you continue on. Um, Cora, will you roll me a d20, please? D20, go. Oh, two. Two. You continue riding into the afternoon. It's pretty much summer, it's almost summer, so the days are pretty long. It's around five o'clock, you think, right now, and on the road you run into a group of youths. Mostly teenagers, maybe some 20-year-olds, and you actually can hear them before you see them. They seem to be playing ball toss. They have a cart with them, with a donkey, and in the cart there are a few small barrels, mostly empty. One of the youths is sitting on the cart and they're playing the guitar. Hey, hey youths. And uh, the guitar stops playing, they look at you and, you know, they're sort of uh, loopy already. They're <laughs> leaning on each other a little bit. They're like, yeah, what? What are you doing? Oh, we're playing ball toss. What is that? I mean, you probably have already heard of it. You know, it's a pretty common game. Maybe you didn't play it, but... Explain um, the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically, um, they go out in uh, two teams, and um, the goal of it is that each team has to toss the ball further than the last one did. the fucking worst, you know that? (laughs) (laughs) Am I? Yes. (laughs) What, you didn't get that immediately? I wasn't entirely sure that's what you were getting at, so I had to I had to talk to them to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's uh it's it's perfect. I love it. I bet one of those youths is is really handsome. Yeah, there there are some handsome ones in there as well. 
the one who's uh, playing the guitar actually stops and like talks to you like, hey, where are you headed? Uh, we're heading down to Vinovar. Oh, cool. I've never been there. Uh, we're, we're all from St. Isidore. This is like the most fun we get around these parts. Well, it looks like you're having a lot of fun. Yeah, it's real fun. I mean, uh, they mostly just have me here for the music. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the only one in the village who plays the guitar. Ah. Yeah, there was a caravan that stopped in our village like five years ago, and I've always wanted to join them, so that's why I worked for a year and bought this guitar, and now I'm the only one who can play it, and they mostly have me play backup when they play. And Herman says, well, was this Maria's caravan? And the youth says, well, yeah, I actually do think there was an old lady named Maria there. And Herman's like, oh yeah, I, I reckon they're playing at the wedding that we're going to. And the youth is like, really? Oh my god, oh my god, this has been my dream. Do you, do you think I could join you? Do you think I could go with you? I, I, I want to meet them. I want to join them. And Herman's like, yeah, sure. Come on, join, join right up. And uh, the youth says, well, I, I guess I should stay with, with my friends for now. But um, I mean, if you're going that way, you're probably staying at St. Isidore for the night. I'll just join you then. I'll join you in the morning. And Herman's like, yeah, that's correct. We're staying there for the night. Well, then I guess I'll see you in the morning. And uh, is there anything else that happens during this exchange? Uh. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Okay, so then you continue your way to the village of St. Isidore. At a certain point you reach a narrow road, it's more of a cart track, uh, goes off to the right, and in the distance you see a village. It's St. Isidore. You come into the village, you get situated at the inn. You know, you park the car, get the rooms, maybe you hang out down at the bar for a drink or two, maybe for a chat. Eventually those youths uh, you ran into earlier return, they kind of wobble into the bar. They start telling everyone that Misha is leaving, you know, and the whole bar gets a buzz, that, you know, one of their own is leaving for the big world, you know, it's a big deal, it doesn't happen often. And then eventually Misha comes in as well, and they're sort of teary-eyed and... Everybody's cheering on them, and it's sort of spontaneous farewell party begins. So, anything you want to do during this time? I just want to say, I know how it feels to say goodbye to people you love. Yeah, I'm, I'm really gonna miss my parents. I only did it myself, just very, very recently. Yeah, yeah, thanks. It's hard to leave, but you know, it's not forever, and I'm, I'm gonna be back, and you know, this this has been my dream for the last five years, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, I'm happy that you can do the things that you like. Thanks, thanks, I, I appreciate that, I, I'm really gonna miss everyone, I mean, it's a boring town, but... Follow your dreams. Yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta. Yeah, so, that happens. Anything else? Declay, you wanna do anything? <laughs> More tea. <laughs> She's just sitting in the back of the room, just sipping on tea, you know, both uh, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> okay, yeah, so there's this uh, big farewell party going on, you know, everybody's uh, cheering on Misha and... Oh, I also get obscenely drunk. Oh yeah, I mean, I assumed. So the next morning, bright and early, you start the journey again. A little sleepy, a little hungover, but with a new passenger. Heron is up enough to drive the cart, the rest of you can catch a little more sleep on the cart, should you want to. You make your way back up the cart track to the road, the sky is clear, the sun is shining, and you continue your way. Can Cora roll me a d20? Four. Four. So yeah, you catch up on sleep, 
And then at about noon, Heron finally wakes everyone up. He gives you fresh water from a nearby stream and then you eat some lunch and you continue on your way. Uh, Herman isn't singing as much as before because now you have a musician with you. Misha is playing music and they're taking requests if anyone wants any and uh, they're actually playing really well. Hey, do you know Wonderwall? <laughs> oh, oh, I don't think I've heard that one, sorry. Oh, that's okay, it sucks. Why did you ask for it? Oh, I was just curious. Oh, okay. Uh, basically, I just wanted to let you know not to play that. Oh, cool. Yeah, don't worry about it. Is it times like these that I'm glad I no longer have the ability to play the flute? Like, in character, because uh, she used to, her character used to be able to play the flute, but we switched it out for a few more skills. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why would a monk be able to play an instrument? Why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's completely tangential. Okay, so a few hours into the afternoon, you hear sounds of another carriage coming from behind you, and it's moving a lot faster than your car is, and... Even when Herman moves the car to the side of the road, the carriage driver still flips him off as he passes. The carriage has a coat of arms on it, there, and you can roll history if you want. Okay. Nope, that's a 2 plus 1, a 3. Oh, a 3. Yeah, you do remember seeing this uh, symbol around town before, but uh, you're not really sure. Must be somebody important, but uh, you're not really sure what more to think about it. The carriage runs off around the hill in front of you, but as you make the turn as well, it's actually stopped. There's a fallen spruce tree blocking the road. You hear a loud argument. The carriage driver is arguing with a noblewoman and presumably her bodyguard. Like, there's a man in a chain shirt with a shield and presumably that's her bodyguard. Technically, you can't pass the road as well because it's blocked for you as well, so you drive next to them and you can actually hear the argument and the noblewoman is yelling, I can't be late for my own little sister's wedding, so fix this! And her character is trying to convince her that there's nothing he can do. Like, he can't lift the tree. And, um, actually, uh, as this arguing is going on, Herman actually stops the car, steps down to see if there's anything he can do to help. And, um, Dekla, Darren, the two of you both hear, like, a twig crack in the forest. There's a quick swear word following the cracking twig and as you look there you see someone in the bushes and they're aiming a crossbow at the noble woman. And um, we're gonna roll initiative now. (gasps) Oh no. I got an 8. I rolled a natural 1. Oh no. Yow, yow, yow. So you see suddenly in the middle of this argument you hear yelling and three bandits come running out of the bushes with their um, short swords drawn. One of them is going after the carriage driver and one of them is going after the noble woman and one of them is actually going after the Herman who happens to be standing right there. No, Herman. The first one goes after the noble woman but her bodyguard manages to step between in time and he sort of holds up his shield, but, you know, just a second too later, he gets a little cut on on his elbow. Oh no! The one who went after the carriage driver. Yeah, the carriage driver just sort of steps to the side and um, scrambles away. The attack misses him, and the one who went after Herman, Herman just scowls at him, and he, he, he kind of hesitates and uh, takes a step back. <laughs> Next one is actually Herman. What he's gonna do is he is gonna keep scowling at this person in front of him. And, uh, yeah. He keeps scowling this person who just keeps stepping back and at a certain point the person just collapses and you hear loud snoring coming from the person on the ground. Okay, so next up is the bodyguard. 
He's gonna uh, attack the bandit in front of him. And uh, he slashes with his short sword and manages to, to slash him a little across the chest. You know, nothing big. And it actually takes a step back from the head. Okay, so, Darren. Uh, yes, I would again like to cast Firebolt. Go right ahead. How many bandits are there total? Uh, right now in front of you are three. But because, you know, you heard those cracks in the forest, you assume there's more? These ones are coming at them with their short swords, but you saw at least one more aiming with a crossbow, so there's more than three. Okay, I want to cast Firebolt at whoever is closest to me. Mm-hmm. That's a 23. And the closest one to you right now is the one who went after the carriage driver. Yeah, 23 hits. Three fire damage. Yeah, you kind of singe a bit of his hair off, kind of burn him over the neck. He kind of yelps, but um, he's still up and running. Uh, Decla, it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to reach into my robes, pull out a tiny little statue, give it a kiss, mm-hmm. hop down and head to the uh, bandit that is attacking Herman as well. That one is currently on the ground. Then I'll go to another. He's still alive. You can, you can attack him if you want, but, you know, just letting you know. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'll go to the next active bandit. Okay, uh, then that would be the one that Darren just hit. Yeah, that's the one I want. Then I will whack that guy. Are they human? Out of interest? Um, mostly human. One of them is kind of short. You assume he's like halfling. Okay, well, I have a total of seven to hit. To hit? Misses. Okay, then I will follow that up with a punch to the gut. See how he likes that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's better. That's a 20 total. Yeah, that hits. That is four damage, bludgeoning, as I whack him straight to the gut. <laughs> he kind of doubles over, holding his stomach, kind of coughs a little. But, you know, he's still up. Uh, now there are going to be three crossbow bolts flying out of the bushes. One is going to be uh, at the noblewoman, or, you know, now her bodyguard is standing in front of her. He's actually yelling for her to scramble into the carriage. Uh, yeah, they're all going for the well bodyguard now, I guess. One of them hits him, the other two, one one flies past, the other one lodges into his shield. Yeah, and the one that hits him kind of hits him in the shoulder, and he kind of yelps. And um, yeah, we're back on top of the initiative. It's now the other three bandits. One of them is uh, asleep on the ground. One of them, he's right in front of the bodyguard, swings at him with short sword, and he hits him. And the bodyguard just kind of kneels to the ground, and he's uh, he's not, like, uh, dead or anything, but, like, he, he's out of the fight. He can't. He got hurt too bad. He can't stand up. He can't really attack. Okay, and then there's the one that Decla just hit, and he's gonna try to hit her back. Yeah. Come on. Bring it. Does a five hit you? A five? No. He uh, tries to hit you up, but you just kind of hold his head at arm's length, because, you know, he's a halfling. <laughs> okay. Okay, so next up is Herman. He turns to the bandits in the bushes, he turns to one of them, he looks at him, he scowls and says, Hey, uh, so how about you put down your crossbone and walk away? And, uh, yeah, you see the bandit put down his uh, crossbow and starts walking away. The bodyguard is out of the fight right now. He's just sort of uh, laying on the ground, just kind of trying to hold the... You know, he's losing a lot of blood. (laughs) He got hit in the artery, sort of, so he can't really fight right now. It's Darren's turn again. How many conscious bandits can I get within a 20-foot radius? Conscious? Like fighting. 20-foot radius? I'm gonna say three plus the one on the ground. Yeah, I don't care about the one on the ground, just the three bandits then. 
I'm gonna cast sleep and uh, put more of these people on the ground. Okay, 23, I got 23. Yeah, right now you can get within 20 foot radius, you can get the one that Declas holding, um, the one that's fighting the bodyguard, uh, the one that's asleep, obviously, also one of the ones in the bushes. Okay, so uh, the one that Declas holding falls limp in her hand and just kind of stays leaning on her <laughs> hand. Then uh, the one in front of the bodyguard also just kind of collapses on the floor. And the one in the bushes is still standing. Okay, so I put two people to sleep. Yay! Well done. That's, that's my turn. Cool. Dekla, it's your turn. Okay. Are there any others left standing? Two in the bushes. Okay. Uh, Technically three, but one of them is walking away, so... The, the other two are, like, yelling at him. Hey, dude, what are you doing? I guess I'll go to one of the ones who is not walking away. And just kind of see if I can uh, spin my staff around and whack them in the side. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a total of 10. To hit? Yeah, 10 to hit. Yeah, that misses. Yeah, okay. You reach a bit too high with the spin and they just kind of duck under it a little bit. Ah, I was showing off too much. (laughs) Yeah. I'll uh, follow that up with a... I'll try and trip him. That's a flavor. Uh, I rolled a 9, so (laughs) nothing happens. Yeah, he just kind of jumps back and um, that's it. Now he's right in front of you. He's got his crossbow in hand, but like you're right in front of his face and he's kind of unsure what to do. So he drops his crossbow, pulls out his short sword and he's going to attack you. Okay. Okay, does a 12 hit. No, I dodge out of the way. Yeah, you dodge out of the way. And the other one uh, is still far away enough that he's going to try to shoot at you. His buddy is sort of far, far away enough that he's not really afraid of hitting him. Does a 15 hit you? Yes. Oh, well, okay, he hits you for uh, five hit points. Yikes. Okay. He sort of hits you right in the shoulder and... Okay, it's not the first few bandits' turn. Well, the first bandits are all uh, sort of on the floor. Well, I mean, technically, if you let that one drop when that was uh, leaning into your hand, Dekla, if he hit the floor, would that wake him up? I'm gonna say that he's awake, he hit himself when he fell to the floor and as shaken himself wakes, but he's still prone and he doesn't have any actions this turn. Okay, Herman. Herman reaches into his coat, pulls out a throwing disc, and he uh, throws it towards uh, one of the bandits in the bushes, the one that shot you, Dekla. Hits the bandit for uh, four damage. Then uh, he yells at you, boy, if you got any more of that fire, now's the perfect time to use it. And uh, that concludes his turn. The bodyguard also runs towards the bushes, uh, like runs up to Dekla and uh, attacks the bandit next to you. The one who uh, tried to attack you with a short sword. Hits him. Hits him, causes him a lot of damage. No, not that much again. Okay, then it's again Darren's turn. Are there two bandits within five feet of each other? Yeah, but also Dekla and the bodyguard in that radius. The two ones in the bushes, unless you're going to the sleepy ones. Ah, well, no, I don't want to do that. I'm gonna cast Firebolt at one of the fighting participants. Um, You can cast it at the one on the floor that just woke up. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I'm gonna do that. Um, And I roll a natural 20! Okay. How does it work again? Is it just max damage, or do I roll with advantage, or how... Like, official rules say roll the damage twice and then add all the modifiers, but I was thinking I was gonna do, like, max damage plus roll. Okay, yeah, so this is just one dice roll, so just 10 damage, 10 fire damage. Yeah, you you burned that motherfucker up. He's he's gonzo, he's a... 
Hell yeah. That he kind of his uh, shitty leather armor that he had on him kind of burns away, his bandana burns away, his uh, hair gets singed, his face is unrecognizable, he falls back to the ground. How many children did I just orphan? He seemed pretty young, so... Thank God. If any, probably not a lot. Probably just like three or four. Yeah, you know, halflings. <laughs> probably had a set of triplets waiting for him back home. <laughs> waiting for him to bring Manny back home so they could eat, finally. Hell yeah. Well, now they can eat that dad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, that, that, that's dark. That's dark. It was dark already, okay? Well, it that just got darker. Yeah. Okay, okay Dickla, it's your turn. Okay. <laughs> Is the one who, who shot me still alive? Yes. Am I currently engaged with another one? Technically. Okay, I'll, I'll just... I'll keep it simple this time. I will jab him in the chin, see if I can... Okay, go for it. Okay, that is a 17. Hits. Excellent. That's six points of damage. Yeah, you sort of jab him in the chin, you kind of hit his nose and the force of him kind of breaks his nose and you can feel his nose crushing under your hand and just blood starts pouring out of his nose and he just falls back lifeless. Congratulations, you just killed a bandit. Can I use uh, the rest of my move to go up to the guy who uh, Yeah, sure. Who attacked me? Okay, and I'll just brace myself. Okay, so um, the first round of bandits are still asleep. Next up is Herman. He reaches into his coat again, pulls out another throwing disc and throws it at the bandit who shot you earlier. Yep, hits. For the throwing disc kind of lodges into the dude's shoulder, but uh, he's still standing. Then the bodyguard who was next to you, helping you deal with the bandit you just killed, he uh, turns around and heads back towards the other guy, the one that Herman just hit, and um, attacks him for uh, 13, yeah, that hits. Yeah, and the bodyguard just sort of slashes the guy and sort of hits an artery, and the guy just kind of holds his, holds his neck and just sort of crumbles to the ground, and uh, the bodyguard actually killed another bandit. Oh well. And now it's Darren's turn. All we have are the two sleeping bandits. Yeah, if just those two are left, I would say we tie them up. As my action, I say, let's stop fighting and tie these guys up. And then I start tying one of the guys up. <laughs> Do you have a rope? Yeah, I, I don't think it's on my character sheet, but I feel like I would have one. I would have bought one. Yeah, or or if not, there's probably some on your cart, so... Yeah, you grab the rope. Uh, Dekla, it's your turn. What do you do? Well, I definitely have a rope. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll do the same. The other bandit. Okay, so you start tying the bandits together. Like, one of them is still walking away. He's just walking, like, straight into the forest. Just walking. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened to him, but, yeah. Okay, so you start tying them up, and just as they start to wake, you are pretty much done with all the knots. They kind of struggle against the ropes, but then they... They're tied, they can't really do anything. So, yeah. Congratulations, you beat the bandit encounter. Yay! Huzzah. You didn't kill everyone. I'm, I'm actually surprised by that. That very likely was the first time that Darren killed someone. And uh, <laughs> is he feeling guilty? Probably. <laughs> yeah, and it was gruesome. D Darren is just kind of, after all this is over, he's just kind of shell-shocked. <laughs> kind of stands back, kind of breathing deeply. What have I done? Well, it's thanks to you that, you know... Two of them are still alive. Herman walks up to you and places a hand on your shoulder and says, You did good, boy. You did good. The horror. You didn't do anything wrong. The horror. If you didn't kill them, they would have killed us. You didn't do anything wrong. It's, it's gonna be okay. Thank you. 
Thank you for saying that. It's gonna be okay. Thank you for saying that, Emma. C- can you, can you, can you give me some, some of the gin, maybe? Yeah, sure, what the hell, and he pulls out a flask and, uh... I empty it. <laughs> I empty it. <laughs> he takes it back, kind of looks at it, and... You do realize this means you don't get any more until we reach our destination, right? I... I, I needed this. Alright, then. And uh, Misha, who is just kind of hiding behind the barrels, looks up and like, Is it over? Is it over yet? Yes, it's over. Oh, God. That was terrifying. Oh, I never should have left my village. Oh, God. Don't worry, you're safe, you're safe. Oh, sweet Isidore. Yeah, there's no God. Oh, there is a door. Okay. And the noble woman steps out of the carriage as well, and Bikaider is the car driver, also, like, freaked out and terrified. You know, she's still shaking, but she's attempting to look dignified, and she's like, What in the seven hells do you suppose this was? Well, you look like you have a lot of shiny things, so... Of course I do, I'm a baroness! Well, you see, that's why these people wanted to rob you. Why have I seen you before? I don't think so. No? I feel like I might have seen you around the city. I think I just have one of those phases, you know? Maybe, I don't care. I don't busy myself with the affairs of commoners. Well, we just saved your ass. Oh, don't get me wrong. I am grateful for that, really, honestly. For your deeds here, I would like to extend you a formal invitation to my little sister's wedding. Oh, uh, yes, yes, of course. And the bodyguard says, hey, wait, isn't, like, everybody invited? And she's like, shush! <laughs> I roll inside. <laughs> 21. Why am I rolling so well today? I'm happy. She's just saying that, you know, to uh, sort of show off. Or n- not to show off, you know. Yeah. Express gratitude in a really arbitrary way. Well, that's uh, where I was going anyway. So uh, thanks for nothing, I guess. Oh, well then, perfect anyway. Whatever. Right, so we still have to get there, and we can't do that with this tree across the road. Well, that sounds like a you problem. I mean, you can't get anywhere either with your rickety card. And Adam's like, hey, watch it. Don't call my card rickety. I don't really need to get to this wedding, so... Hannah just... Well, I do, so, and you're traveling with me. Okay, look, not to worry, you got a dwarf on your team. So what we're gonna do here is, yeah, you are gonna hold it right over there, yeah, okay, hold it right over there, and he tells the bodyguard to do so, and then he coordinates everybody around and, you know, kind of organizes, and uh, I'm gonna need, like, a group strength roll. Both of us? Technically, and you get advantage because it's an organized effort, and, uh, but, like, I'm not gonna count both of yours. I mean, it's a group roll, you know, so just, because I know you have wimpy strength, and yeah. <laughs> technically, Dekla's strength isn't that amazing either, so. Yeah, I also have wimpy strength, especially for an orc. Yeah, especially for an orc, yeah. So, roll me strength. Natural 20! Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Jan! Wow. Jan, what is going Jan on? I had Jan like Darling. a single bad roll today. Yeah, natural 20. Um, wow. Well, Hanron has seen a lot of this in his life, so he knows exactly where to place people, and uh, he places Darren at a tipping point, so Darren just has to extend a little bit of strength, and poof! The tree rolls off from the road, and the road is clear, and you can continue on your way. We did it, team. Yeah. And so the Baroness uh, climbs back into the carriage and she says, Well then, I guess I'll be seeing you at the wedding in a few days. Good luck. I don't like that lady. 
And yeah, they uh, speed off into the distance and uh, you continue on your, you know, gentle pace. And uh, the day is uh, reaching its end, uh, the evening starting to approach. Uh, Herman drives the cart off the road and there's the slightest trace of a cart track there. And he drives for like maybe 20 minutes and you see a solitary farmhouse amidst the fields. And Misha's like, hey, that's where my grandmother lives. Herman's like, oh, oh, she's she's your grandmother. Oh, oh, okay. And he drives up to the farm and knocks on the front door. An old woman, old human woman in her late 70s. She's got like white hair. She opens the door and she's like, oh, Herman, it's been so long since you've been here. Come in, come in. And who do you have with you? Wait, Misha. And uh, Misha's like, grandma, and jumps into her arms and gives her a hug. And the old woman invites you in for a meal. And she says, you can sleep over at the farm, but she doesn't have the room in the farmhouse. You'd have to sleep in the barn. Herman can sleep in the house, but... I've slept at worse places. Yeah. Yeah, probably help with dinner. And... Yeah, she makes you a nice meal, nice dinner. Nothing fancy, you know, some potatoes and some peas from the farm and uh, a few strips of bacon she had hanging in the chimney. So, you know, nothing fancy, but, you know, it's, it's a meal, it's a dinner. Hey, Darren, have you ever seen bacon before? Yes. Of, of course. Are you sure? Yes. What are you talking about? Of course I've seen bacon before. Do they have that in your backward city where they don't have anything? Don't have water? It's not a backward city. Listen, I just don't get out much, okay? That's pretty backwards. What What do you know? You've never seen a bear before. Well, it's, uh, that's... Uh, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> Darren's first bacon. <laughs> Why are you so rude? It's okay. It's okay. So yeah, after dinner, uh, the rest of you uh, sort of pile into the barn. Cadman stays in the farmhouse. And you sleep there in the hay. Okay, and then the morning comes. Uh, Herman bangs on the barn door to wake everyone up. And you're off on your way. And as you're saying goodbye, the old woman, uh, her name is Boja. She gives Misha an old ring and she says, This is for good luck. This belonged to your grandfather, you know, before, uh... And Misha just hugs her and says, Thanks, Grandma, I love it. And, um, you go back to the road. It's a bit more muddy today, it must have rained during the night, but otherwise the sky is mostly clear. Right, so you, um, continue driving down the road, uh, nothing interesting really happens in the morning, like, around noon, you make another stop, and, uh, you eat your lunch, and then you pack up and continue... And then, uh, actually, roll me, roll me a d20 again. That's a 13. It's a 13. On the side of the road, you actually see there are sort of two boards sticking out of the ground. There's a name card on them, and uh, the boards are put up in the traditional um, shape of a dagger. That's the symbol of the Saint of Death, and it usually signals there's a grave there. What happened here? You can go look at it, or you don't have to. Yeah, I look at it. Herman's actually quite curious, too. So he stops the card, he waits for you. Because, you know, he knows you're curious. You go to look, and the name on the grave says Verena Nicolaia. And there's no date of birth, but there is a date of death. And it's dated about 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. Is it just by the side of the road? I mean, it's a bit down from the road, you know. There's, like, 30 meters down the road. And there's a small grove of trees nearby. Does the name ring a bell? Um, roll me a history. No, it's, uh, it's a ten. It's a ten. Not really. I mean, 
Verena is like a name. Nikolaya is like a name that you have heard. You, you've heard both the names, but like specifically, no, nothing. Okay. All right. I hop back on the cart. <laughs> yeah, you hop back on the cart, continue on the way. Oh, Saints preserve you. Nothing else interesting happens that day. It's a pretty boring stretch of the roads, you know. See, sometimes there's a lot happening on the road and sometimes there's nothing. And, you know, fortunately you have uh, Misha playing the guitar and you have Herman singing along. And uh, by the afternoon the mud from the rain last night uh, dries up in the sun and... Uh, as the evening rolls around, you see an inn at the side of the road, and there are stables next to it and a big apple tree as you stop there, and uh, there's a sign above the door that says, The Old Apple Bunch. Excellent. And you get... Uh-huh. Were you just gonna ask what the inn was called? No. No? I mean, you can ask me what the innkeeper's name is. That I haven't decided yet. Yep. I stride in and ask the innkeeper what his name is. He says, well, hi, my name is Zoran. Have a I'm Tecla. Oh, nice to meet you. Can I get you anything? I'd like a meal for myself and my friend. Go right ahead and, uh, you know, he takes your order and uh, you sit down and the uh, rest of your party rolls in, sits down next to you. Then you all get a meal and you get rooms. Uh, Misha actually gives a performance on the guitar and gets you all a discount. Ka-ching! Ka-ching! And you spend the night in comfortable beds, and then in the morning you're all set to go and you are off on your way again. It's a clear morning, like the rest have been. Hedwin is singing a tune, Misha is accompanying him on the guitar. The road has led you down the mountain far enough where you can actually feel the difference in the air. It's no longer mountain crisp, it's more like hillside warm. And, um, pull me the 20, please. Cora. Okay. 18. 18. Out of the woods. A dude rolls out out of the woods, kind of, he's kind of swaying side to side and he can't really walk in a straight line and he looks up and he sees you up ahead and his eyes go wide and he's like, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. And he uh, comes to you and he's like, wait, no, you gotta listen to me, you gotta listen to me, okay? They're out, they're out there, they're, they're after us, they're after all of us. You gotta listen to me, you gotta, please, I'm begging you. And Herman actually stops his cart for a little bit. He's kind of concerned. Like, who's out there? And the guy's like, No, you don't understand. You gotta listen to me. Oh, my saints, nobody believes me. Like, how? No, you gotta listen to me. You gotta listen to me. And if you look closely, you can see that the dude's got, like, a lot you know, of, like, purple snot running from his nose. Do I know anything about that? Roll me. Wait, it would be either um, medicine or arcana. Darren, you can roll as well if you want. Mm-hmm. I got a 17 in Arcana. I got a 13 in Medicine. Declay, you've seen this before? You, you've seen this purple snot before? You, you're you not really sure what happened. You saw it once on a corpse at a campsite. Mm. Darren, you actually know that, that that happens when people are on lavender dust. Mm. Side note, it's not actually made of lavender. It's just that color. And uh, it's a hard drug. Yo, this guy's on hard drugs. I once saw someone someone dead. Who looked like that, so yeah, maybe we better take him, uh, look after him. Do you know anything about medicine? Because I don't. I know a bit. No, you gotta listen to me. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta listen to me. Hey, you, 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 you're a ginger. You know what I'm talking about, right? What? You know, you, they're, they're out there. They're out there. No, no, I don't. No, they're looking for us. Who? The drow. The drow are looking for us. They're after us. People have been disappearing. 
Hey, come on. No, but they're back. Come up here. We'll, we'll listen to your story. Just sit down. Come with us. We'll look after you. Oh, God, you believe me. You believe me. Oh, God. Okay. Okay, I, I shouldn't be saying, oh, God, I have to come up with another phrase. I'll, I'll think of it later when I edit this. Just say, oh, saints. Yeah, okay. We're just holy shit. I think holy shit works, works well <laughs> in this situation. Holy shit works everywhere. Holy shit, you believe me. Oh, holy shit. Okay. Okay, listen up. Okay, so I was walking through the woods, okay? Okay, I was ho- walking through the woods. Okay, that doesn't matter what I was doing there. Okay, it doesn't matter what I was doing there. And I'm just like, this guy looks pretty bad. I really look after him. He doesn't look well. Yeah, I agree. And dude goes on about this wild theory that the drow are, like, coming up, you know, from the crevices in the ground. You know those crevices, like, where in the woods, like, there's the thing where the floor opens up under a tree. Well, they're, they're like, crawling out of there and they're stealing people. They're stealing them. They're stealing our people. And uh, he goes on about that for a bit and then eventually he tires himself out. He catches his breath and he just, she just sort of collapses. Yeah, he got himself in such a spin, he started hyperventilating and kind of loses air and, uh... Loses consciousness. Can I do anything to help him? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you can try to do something. Uh, maybe you try to give him some water or something, but, you know. I cast Firebolt. <laughs> I got a taste for blood now. No. I okay. mean, I have a herbalism kit and I'm proficient in medicine, so. But I might not be able to do very much except, you know, give him water. Yeah, right now you don't think there's much you can do. Like, you can wait for him to, like... Uh, sober up. To sober up, to come back to consciousness, and then, then you can... You know, the most you can do right now is keep him safe. Okay. Yeah, I'll just make sure he doesn't hurt himself. Mm. Yeah, he's probably in the back of the cart with you. Yeah, so you continue with the journey. You know, you don't really stop for uh, the lunch break. You just kind of eat your lunch on the cart because Herman says he... Uh, he's afraid you might not make it in time if you stop a lot more, so... Yep. Yeah. Onwards. So you continue on journey. It's starting to uh, get dark. The sun starts to set. And the dude you're with starts waking up, but he's still all groggy and, you know, not really coherent. He's just sort of grumbling a little bit. You maybe give him a little bit of water, but, you know... You know, you're just waiting it out. And uh, uh, Herman starts looking around, you know, sort of triangulating where you are right now, but he seems a little bit confused. So you uh, keep driving ahead and the sun is starting to set and you run up upon a lone camper who set up camp in a meadow about 100 meters away from the road under some trees. Herman stops the cart and he loops at the camp and he shrugs and he says, Hey, uh... You to uh, Dekla, Darren. Uh, why don't the two of you go ask if we can join the camp for the night? I think I missed the exit for my usual campground. Okay. You walk up to the camp. There's a middle-aged half-elf woman there. <clears throat> Let me do the talking. I'm good at talking. Hey, uh, can we camp here? She looks at you surprised. She wasn't expecting people right now. It's like, well, um... Well, yes, yeah, yes, of course. I mean, you're welcome to join. I'm by myself here, so I don't really mind the company. Okay, thanks. See, that's how you do it, Degla. Right. Uh, thanks. There's a lot you can learn from me. You just, just have to watch and uh, just follow my lead, okay? You got it. Whatever you say. I report back to Herman. He then drives the car down to the camp that she's made and... Uh, uh, you settle around the campfire. 
you talk for a bit. Her name is Dania. She's actually from Vinovar. She's uh, out gathering supplies for apothecary. She's actually seen uh, this before with this guy, and she actually uh, offers to help. She she gives him some potion she's got mixed up. You know, it's not going to permanently help, but it's going to help for right now. Misha is playing the guitar again, and uh, so you uh, spend the night around this campfire, and then in the morning you pack up. Herman wakes you up at dawn and pile back onto the cart. The woman, Dania, is going with you because she has to get back to Inovar anyways. And you go back to the road. Yeah, the man uh, goes with you. He's actually an elf man. High elf, sort of blonde. His name is Giorgio. And um, it's a clear day. The sky's bright. You can almost feel excitement in the air, you know, because when you're nearing the town. Uh, Misha is playing a tune on the guitar, but this time Herman isn't singing along because he's too busy flirting with the new woman, <laughs> with Dania. <laughs> She's uh, actually sitting on the driver's bench next to him, and the rest of you have all been exiled to the back of the cart. Well, fine by me. <laughs> How old are the two of them? Oh, he's like super old. I mean, old. Like, if he was a human, he'd be like nearing 70, and she's like uh, in her 50s. Mm. Go get it. Yeah, old man's got game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's actually, from what you can see, she's sort of receptive to the flirting. So, well, yeah. I am happy for them. <laughs> One last time, um, Cora, can you roll? That's a 13. That's a 13. Did we have a 13? I think we had 13 already. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay, uh, Darren, as all of you are driving down the road, at a certain part of the road where forest grows uh, closer to the road. Because, you know, the forest is not, like, touching the road for the most part, but here it almost is. And there's, like, a, a slight cliff there, like, you know, sort of seems like that bit of the road was dug out of the hill. And you feel like there's a pull. Something is pulling you into the forest. It's like a call, like something is telling you to go to the forest. Hey, hey, Helen. Yeah? Can, can you stop for a second? Yeah, yeah, I, I feel it too. There's something there I'm never able to stop. I feel it too. I wanna, I wanna know what it is. Yeah, me as well. But you know, <laughs> I'm usually not really able to leave the cart here alone. No, I'm. I'll stop. I'll, I'll wait for you. We're close now, right? And the woman Dania says, "Yes, yes, we're almost there. We're like a few hours away." Says, yeah, yeah. Go, go, boy, go. But I want to check out what this is about. You can't go on your own. I'll come with you. Thank you, thank you. I jump off the cart. Okay, you jump off the cart. I follow the pool. Yeah, you walk into the woods. Uh, Dekla is right behind you. This definitely feels like we're about to die. I know, I know. I thought this might come up earlier, but it didn't. Oh well. Yeah, you walk to the woods. You walk for like 20 minutes, maybe half hour. And then you come into a sort of a clearing. Except it's not really a clearing because most of it is dominated by a giant tree. In this tree, you see... A carving, like an ancient carving. It is the carving of a woman, and she's got eight arms sticking out of her shoulders. She's she's a woman with eight arms, and you can't help but feel sort of familiarity with it. It's, it's familiar somehow. Hmm. Dekla, do you feel this? No. Feel what? I don't feel anything. This 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 woman this this carving it. Somehow, it, it's like it speaks to me. Mm. So I get closer and closer, and I touch the carving. You touch the carving. How, how much are you touching it? Like, I mean, I mean, are you just touching a finger, or are you putting a hand on it? Like, uh, I'm putting like my hand over it. Okay. 
you feel this weird staticky feeling under your hand as you touch her and as you move your hand away there's a purple handprint there where your hand was <sighs> does anything else happen not really but you still have that feeling like you know this but how you don't but this this is like something you know can i roll an investigation to see if i see anything else yeah go that's a 13. Like, you find it really interesting that the arms are carved sort of into the branches that spread out of the main trunk, but, you know, that's about it. I put my face <laughs> on the carving. Yeah. <laughs> there's more of that uh, static feeling, and once you step away, there's a purple uh, print of where your face was. Dekla, do you see? do you see this? Yeah, you see the print. I mean, that is bizarre. Put your put your hand on there. I want to see what happens. Okay. I put my hand on it. Nothing. It's just you. You're uh, fondling a tree. <laughs> it clearly has something to do with you. Hammond said he felt it too, so it can't just be me, right? No idea. I, okay, I want to roll a Kana. Okay, roll. Oh, hey, you know what I got? <laughs> if it's a nat 20, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to... I'm gonna I got a nat 20. Okay. Wow. Well, you definitely see that this um, purple print is sort of a powder, and it's that specific shape of lavender powder. Is this tree a drug? (laughs) (laughs) It's a very thin layer of the dust, but, you know, it's there. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to brush my hand over the the bark of the tree and see what happens. Like I want to I want to like rub it with my. Yes, you want to fondle the statue. We get it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, you just uh, quickly brush it across it, and um, a faint trace of the purple dust appears again. But like you know, it's barely visible. Like you were holding your hand on it a bit longer earlier. That's why it was more pronounced. You know. Hmm. Well. I don't know what I can do with this. <laughs> I mean, you can always just go back. You don't necessarily have to do anything, you know? Right. I, I do still feel that pull, though, right? I, I feel drawn to this. I mean, you know that this was what was calling you into the forest. I don't... I don't like this, Stekla. I think we should just leave. If you say so. You clearly have some kind of connection to it. I, I think we should get out of here. I don't know. Maybe maybe we can come back later, or I I can come back later, but right now I think I'm going to leave this tr- weird tree alone. Alright. And I leave. You go back. Takes you another uh, 30 minutes to get back. You know, I'm just going to have you roll, and both of you actually roll an arbitrary uh, survival. Oops. I got a 9. I dropped my d20. I have a magic item, the Orb of Navigation. So I'll use that. As you were going down the road, it kind of occurred from going south and it's now going to the east. So uh, actually this tree was calling you mostly to the north. So when you go back, you go mostly south. And it takes you like a few minutes longer than it did to get there. But you come back in one piece and they're all waiting for you. Sorry, it took so long. I explain what I saw to the rest of the group. The rest of the group? Like, Heron comes up to you. Wait, what, what was there? What? was it like i've i felt this every time i've driven through here and uh, you know i never could live my cart alone there was a giant tree in a clearing and a tree a carving of a woman with eight arms huh and when i when i touched it that drug appeared that powder and uh, they're just like what the woman danya manages to catch his attention again and herman's like 
he like holds you by the shoulder. Wait, what did you say? No, wait. Come on, step away. Step away with me a bit. Okay, I do. You step a few meters away from the car. Wait, what did you say? What there was? There was a giant tree with a carving of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that's not the part I'm interesting in. You said that the powder, the purple powder, the drug. Oh no. What is it? Uh, look, if you have no experience with it, then it's better that you stay out of it. It's it's dangerous stuff, not just for what it does, but who is after it. Well, I touched a lot of it. <laughs> well, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. It doesn't affect you for the skin, anyway. That's good to know. But you can't tell anyone about this. It's too dangerous of an information. If the wrong people find out about this, that there's a tree that just produces this this drug, then we're all in danger. But why me? Dekla touched it too and nothing happened. And only I felt the draw. I felt the draw too, don't you understand? It's because we're sorcerers. <sighs> so you can't tell anyone about this, alright? I'll keep that in mind, thank you. Alright, now let's go back. If we want to make it there before dark, we should leave as soon as possible. Okay, so you come back to the cart, you climb onto the cart and you drive off. You keep driving along the road, um, the sun is slowly getting higher and then it goes down again. Um, As you follow the road, you reach a hill and as you make a turn around the hill, the woman Danya suddenly squeals excitedly and points in the distance and you follow her gaze and you see a bustling small town at the base of several vineyard-covered hills. The town is still about an hour away, but eventually you make your way there. Caron drives his car through the busy streets to the even busier main square, where everything is being set up for the wedding. He offers a hand to Danya to help her off the cart, and then he also offers a hand to anyone else who wants to help off the cart. And uh, Misha definitely takes his hand, you know, because in one hand they're holding the guitar and it's a balanced thing. And the other dude, the Giorgio, also tries to take his hand, but he just sort of rolls off the cart. The two of you, you can just jump off the cart if you want, or you can, like... Just hop off. Yep. Yeah. And Herman says, Well, it was a pleasure driving with all of you. I do hope I'll see you at the wedding tomorrow. I hope so, yes. <laughs> it's gonna be a big thing. These are rich people we're talking about. Probably won't be classy. <laughs> Lots of fancy drinks, I guess. Eh. Mostly wine, I'm guessing. You know, it's the winemaker's sister that's getting married. Well, I hope I can at least try some more of your great gin that you have. We'll see about that. I'm not in charge of that decision. Well. I hope I don't see the awful woman. Well then, uh, I'm off to unload these barrels and... Oh, I cast Mage Hand and help him. I mean, he he's, he's trying to say goodbye. <laughs> trying to get rid of us? <laughs> yes, he's gonna go to the inn to get help there with unloading the carts. Okay, I get rid of my Mage Hand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you try to mage hand the barrels, another mage hand comes and slaps yours away, and he's just scowling at you. Uh, Alright, sorry. Come on, let's let's go have a drink. It's been a long few days. Yeah, and you go, uh, take a drink, maybe you explore town a little bit. Anyways, that's not important, because that is where we will leave it off. Out Now Game is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Our intro and outro music is Bells by Fake Cats Project. 
If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at Dice Out Now Game on Twitter, where you will also find links to our personal accounts. If you can, please rate and review our podcast and tell your friends about us. Now, game! game.